In the name of Allah, the gracious, the merciful. Assalamu alaikum. This is The Conviction Project, a podcast where we leave you with no doubts about Islam. My name is Maraj Rana. And I am Farhan Iqbal. Muhammadur Rasulullah, 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 Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Rabbi salli ala nabiyika daiman Lihaadhi dunya wa basin saani you know, Growing up, I always used to see basketball players with tattoos full body tattoos and I used to look at that and I used to think okay well there's something artistic about those tattoos it seems like art on your body and the whole idea sounded very fascinating and it sounded very cool to me to the point where I really wanted to get a tattoo Uh, a part of me still wants to get a tattoo but on online discussions and um, from various third sources I've been told that tattoos are not allowed in Islam. So I thought, you know, let's take this discussion up today and talk about it. What is the Islamic stance of tattoos? Let's get the information right from the source and let's let's see. Let's see if we can talk back and forth about tattoos. Um, so uh, Farhan, what do you think about what do you think about tattoos? Is, do you find them as interesting as I do? They are interesting, obviously. <laughs> Everybody finds them interesting. Um, the, the, the religion of Islam is, uh, let me put it very plainly in the very beginning, that uh, it totally forbids uh, any form of uh, tattoos. So there are many ahadiths, many traditions of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, where he clearly forbid uh, having or getting a tattoo. Um, there are many, many traditions coming from different uh, narrators uh, who uh, who mention how the Prophet said this on, a, on multiple occasions, apparently, that do not go and seek tattoos or do not get tattoos. Um, there are many traditions in front of me right now. I don't think there is any reason for me to read all of them, if somebody wants to read them, they are on sunnah.com, S-U-N-N-A-H. Uh, just put tattoo in the search bar and you will come across them. I think the bigger question here is, uh, is why is, why does Islam forbid uh, tattoos? I mean, what what's so wrong with them? Uh, there are so many things that are that are apparently tolerated. So why why are tattoos not tolerated? And I think that's that's what we need to understand. You see, any any good action that we do, it requires us to be convinced that it should be done. And any bad action that we don't do, we, we need to be convinced. We need to know why a certain action is forbidden in Islam. Uh, this is something that uh, people of other religions have also struggled with. In fact, in Judaism, uh, there was a scholar, or you can say uh, a philosopher, uh, Maimonides, who wrote a, a book 
about this. So Judaism has hundreds of laws, I don't know, probably 600 uh, mitzvot, they are called, uh, commandments in the, in, 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 in the Jewish Bible. And uh, what he w tried to do is he tried to give explanations for those commandments. Because the Bible is not direct in its explanation of why it is telling us to do certain things. Why, why is it telling the Jews and the Christians to do certain things? There's, no, there's not necessarily an explanation for each of the commandments. So eating kosher food or other things, uh, Jews do it because it's a commandment of God, but why do you really do it? Does it have any other benefits? And Maimonides went ahead and tried to provide those explanations. The reason I'm giving this context is that Islam is a bit different because Islam, the Holy Quran itself gives reasons uh, behind many of its commandments. The Holy Quran itself goes out of, out of the way. If you read the w verse on chasteness, for instance, uh, God says, do this, and then God says, that is purer for you, right? And th there's an Arabic word that is used that can give us a broad understanding of what that means. Similarly, there are other things uh, in the Quran. For instance, the Quran says you should fast. And then it says, so that you may become righteous. So righteousness is uh, is something that that comes out that 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 is gained out of that commandment. So this one also has that. So what I, what what I hear in that is that um, the the Quran says do this, and then it tells the reason, and then we try to interpret what that reason means. So, for example, if it says, well, fast so that you may be righteous, then we don't question why we're fasting. We explore what righteousness means. Exactly. Is that, is that right? Exactly. So, the right. Quran okay. has just given us an, an, an indication that this is what you will gain out of this. And the rest is open for us for discussion that, okay, how do I become righteous? Um, how, uh, what does fasting have to do with righteousness and so on and so forth. And we talk yeah. about what does righteousness even mean? Yeah. Do I need to be righteous? Things yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, so when it comes to tattoos, uh, I've been thinking about this, uh, because we wanted to do this, uh, podcast today on this topic. There are a couple of things that come to mind. One is that Islam is opposed to alteration of the creation of God. Right, so there is a very clear verse uh, where the the Satan is in apparently in a in a dialogue, and Satan says that I will cause people to go astray. This is in chapter four, verse verses one hundred and eighteen onwards. You can consult if you like. He says, "I will I will lead them astray. I will excite in them vain desires." And then he says, "I will incite them, and they will alter Allah's creation." You know, and and there's a whole lot of meaning to that. And, and uh, we believe that this is a very direct indication about cloning and those kind of things. But the, the, this, this verse tells us that altering Allah's creation is something that is seen as an, in, a, in a negative light in the religion of Islam. So, yeah. So so here, so here, here, here's where my doubts they rush in, and I'm sure the doubts of many others also rush in, because um, in, in the Sikh religion, for example, um, 
altering your body, altering any part of your body is also forbidden. So they go to the point where, you know, you can't cut your hair, uh, hair on your body. So it's very much to the point you can't alter anything. So could someone make an argument that, for example, in Islam, circumcision uh, is an example of alteration or cutting your hair or shaving or grooming? All of those things are part of Cutting nails, yeah. So all of those things become part of um, altering your creation as well. So I can understand the hygiene ar- argument, but when it comes to circumcision, is that also fall under hygiene? And is that why you can't make that discrepancy? Or, or I'm just a bit confused on that. Even even uh, makeup by women, right? Some some uh, some extremist. Uh, uh, Muslims would even oppose uh, makeup, right? That that women do, uh, isn't that uh, right? Alter alteration of the body, right? Yeah. Because you are making yourself appear what you are not. You are you are trying to change maybe your eyelashes or other things that 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 are done. So so what what is this verse saying, and why are some of these things tolerated in Islam? I think. This is a broader question that has to be understood in light of Islamic jurisprudence. This is where jurisprudence, and there's a whole science behind these things, right? Uh, do we go to that extreme where none of, no form of alteration is allowed? Or do we go uh, to the other extreme where all kinds of alterations are allowed? Or do we follow the middle path? And I think this is where Islam is telling us go with the middle path. You see, in matters of jurisprudence, there is not necessarily a black and white answer to everything that, oh, why is this so and why is that so? There's always that middle path. So so uh, for, for those that might not know, uh, what is jurisprudence? Jurisprudence is the study of uh, the Islamic law and interpreting how to uh, act upon those laws in our day-to-day lives. Interestingly, as I mentioned about Judaism, they also have this. They also talk about it. Their Talmud and their other books filled up with with discussions of what is lawful, what is unlawful, and what when to do this and when to do that. So, 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 so some of our listeners that may know the Arabic or the Urdu, I, I'm not sure which one it is, but it's fiqh. Right, right. Islamic fiqh. Right. Or, 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 right. Or, or fiqh. Right. In, in Urdu, I'm, I'm in sure Urdu we one. say yeah. fiqh. So, so what is when when we look into that? That's where we come to understand that a lot of things are 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 basically gray areas, where Islam says follow the middle path, right? So we can take each one of these examples that you have given us that you have given, and there are reasons why those things are allowed and why those things are not allowed. When it comes to tattoos. My understanding is, I didn't see any direct explanation by the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, why he forbade it. But from what I understand, from looking at this verse of the Quran that I just quoted from, and those ahadis, is that this is an extreme form of alteration of the human body, which, which goes so far that, that, uh, that Islam says, don't go that far. Right. So if you want to put a, put some makeup on, that's a limited uh, sort of alteration. And tattoos are so permanent. It's so extreme that uh, he, 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 he said, don't go that far. We also need to, you know, and this is something to research. And I haven't looked into this. 
we have to look into the kind of tattoos the Arabs were were involved in uh, during the time of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. And maybe those were even more extreme that he was condemning and he was saying that, uh, you know, these uh, these things that are being practiced in, in the Arab context uh, at the time of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, these are so extreme that you shouldn't go that far. So we have to find the middle path here. There's another thing that I just want to quickly touch upon, and that is the Quran says, which is from chapter 23, verse 4, means that believers are those who shun all that which is vain. So you need to have a good reason why you are about to do certain things. If, 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 if it's for hygiene, if it's for cleanliness, okay, that is okay. That is not in vain. But if it goes too far, then it becomes vain. So here's my take on it. So as as I've been as I've been listening to you speak, I've been trying to formulate, you know, my own thought on this. And I think that that last part really stuck a nerve with me of the historical context of tattoos. Because you know when it comes to Islamic teachings, um a lot of uh, us we take into consideration what the history was um, for that specific thing. So, for example, Halloween, we don't celebrate Halloween because of the pagan tradition. So we see value um, in knowing the historical context in which something exists, which I think is a phenomenal thing that Muslims, and particularly Ahmadi Muslims, do. Um, So when I think of tattoos, I think of uh, identity markers, you know, that in in um, or, or those Arabian times, people probably used tattoos as a way to identify a certain tribe or a certain group of people. I know that in some northern Pakistani areas, um, uh, they have the tattoo of the three dots on their chin, and that represents something. And I know in indigenous cultures in Canada, um, two dots on your cheek also have a, a representation. And I think that when Islam came, Islam wanted to have its own set of identification for Muslims and for believers, for non-believers. I'm just thinking of that hadith where, you know, um, the Holy Prophet said, well, uh, part your hair a different way because in this town, uh, the the non-believers part their hair this way. And, and, you know, color your hair differently. So identity was a huge aspect of it. So in what way getting a tattoo um, is making you have an identity that is not really Muslim? I'm, I'm just thinking about that out loud. And I'm, I'm sure our, our listeners would have their own thoughts. Right. On this. So so if, if, if a person is not getting a tattoo then he is, uh, you know, acting as a Muslim. He hasn't, he hasn't gone to that extreme and uh, he is following certain uh, practices uh, which are in accordance with the practice of uh, Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. And, you know, a part of this, and, and we are coming to the end of this podcast today, but a part of this, I think, has to be left to, to God's knowledge or to God's wisdom. And when, we, when it comes to some of these things, we, we just follow the sunnah 
the practice of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, and leave the rest to God, uh, that there are there is wisdom in there. And, I, you know, and there's blessing. God Almighty has love for Prophet Muhammad. And he said that if you love Allah, you should follow Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. And so we follow that as an act of love as well, even if sometimes we do not fully understand uh, every aspect uh, of, uh, of issues like this that we have discussed today. And uh, the rest is up to Allah. There, there's obviously a lot of wisdom behind it. But uh, if we don't understand, then we are just following the practice of Prophet Muhammad. So that that makes sense to me. You know? And we'll wrap up with this, that a, a Muslim's goal is to embody themselves into the life of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, and embody themselves with the attributes of God. So kind of like every decision we make as Muslims, um, we remember, did the Holy Prophet make this decision? Um, is this in line with the teachings of Quran? And I think it's very bold to go against something that historically the Holy Prophet has said don't do, or historically it's something that the Holy Prophet hasn't done. Um, so I think, you know, that's something to reflect on a bit more. Um, I don't have any more thoughts. Do you have any more thoughts? You see, all these different commandments, I mean, in this podcast, we try to give some some food for thought, right? There's so much more to discuss and there's so much more to talk about. But uh, I hope that uh, some of these points that we raised today uh, give us some food for thought as to why these things have been commanded uh, in Islam. Absolutely. And if you have more thoughts or if you have more doubts, uh, feel free to reach out to us at theconvictionproject at gmail.com or um, you can go to our SoundCloud website and search um, The Conviction Project to get a sense of all of our previous podcasts as well. Or you can go wherever you find your podcasts and search The Conviction Project. And, you know, if you like what you listen, what you're what you're hearing, uh, do take a moment to rate us. Everything, uh, every sort of feedback really helps. And we really appreciate um, any sort of feedback that we do get. Once again, this is The Conviction Project, where we leave you with no doubts about Islam. Muhammad Salli ala nabina Salli ala muhammadin Salli ala habibina Salli ala muhammadin